Money, 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 money. How are y'all doing? I hope it's another beautiful day in your life. It is Wednesday, June 14th at whatever the heck time you're listening to this podcast. My name is Wes Taylor and this is the Daily Panthers podcast. You can follow us and by us, I mean me, at Daily Panthers on Twitter. And that's it. That's the only social media that I'm on. And I don't even really post that much. But you can follow me there if you want to talk about sports. You want to talk about the Panthers, the Hornets, whatever you may want to talk about, I'm okay with it. And today, I want to talk about Brian Burns and paying that man whatever he is asked of. And the Panthers really painted themselves into a corner with this one. I mean, they always knew they were going to, but they have especially done so now. I mean, if you think about what the Panthers have done up to this point, they have declined paying or trading with someone for a first round pick for Brian Burns. They've declined trading reportedly two first round picks for Brian Burns from the Rams. Now, if you're the Panthers and you look ahead to the draft and you know the Panthers, I'm sorry, you know the Rams are going to not be great. You already know which way they're trending. They don't have a quarterback in, well, Maybe they have a quarterback, but it's declining. And the whole situation is declining. You've got aging superstars. Rome is falling. It was a one-hit wonder. I think they always kind of knew that. But at this point, you see the direction things are going. The Rams aren't very good. They had to start Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. And any team that Baker Mayfield has started for last season was in the top 10 of picks, not the league. So the Panthers declined having two top 10 picks in this draft and then two first-rounders in next year's draft, or at least having more draft capital in order to move up in the draft, to keep Brian Burns. They said that you are worth more to us than two first-round picks, and they also said you are worth more to us than a franchise quarterback or having to trade you for a franchise quarterback. I guess that also is indirectly a statement that you are worth more to us than two first-round picks and two second-round picks. So, they've basically given him all the leverage. They've told him, you are worth a whole heck of a lot to us. You're basically, if you don't trade a non-quarterback for two first-round picks, you're telling them that they're a top-five player at the position. Which means when it comes contract year, which is this year, you're going to have to pay them like one of the top-five players at the position. And that's what's going to happen. So, I need everyone to prepare yourselves for the inevitability that is the overpay. And remember that this contract will run for five years. So whenever Brian Burns gets paid, I'm thinking Bradley Chubb just got five years, $120 million, and he So he's paid six most in the NFL as a defensive end or edge. So I would say that Brian Burns is probably going to be up in the 25 to 30 million range. Remember that. So whenever it comes time for that contract to bust out, y'all don't get overly scared that it's an overpay. It will probably be an overpay for the time, but 
by the time we get off that rookie quarterback contract, Brian Burns will be looking for his next contract. And this contract, those contracts won't overlap at all. Um, well, maybe they'll overlap one year, but because if you think about it, Brian Burns playing on his fifth year option this year, worth $15 million, I think. And then Bryce Young, hopefully, will be playing for five years, four years, and then his fifth year option. And then that puts him on his new contract in six years. And Brian Burns on his third contract in about six years, or five years, really, because... Well, that's just my thinking. I don't know how long this next contract will be for, but Brian Burns will probably be 30 by the time this contract ends or somewhere around there, so he'll be seeking to get... The overpay will be his third contract. That's usually how it works, where the guys get paid what they're worth in the second contract based on their performance in the first contract where they were underpaid because it was a rookie contract. And then they pay him based on his past performance, but his future performance is not equate to what his past performance was but it's still making up for his underpay of his rookie contract after the rookie contract you're really not usually getting the worth out of the contract that you should be the rookie contract is usually so cheap that as long as they perform well you're going to get what you paid for the second contract is usually good because the players in their prime the contract reflects that they usually match but that's usually when they get their big payday, so it's hard to outplay that kind of contract. And then the third contract, I feel like, is usually where they've done really well up to this point. If they've managed to perform well for both contracts, that's a total of like nine years in the NFL, ten years, which usually puts guys at or around like Brian Burns, his fifth year, and he's 24 or 25, so that'll put him around 30, um, 31. So usually by the time a guy is 30 or 31, they're thinking about retirement but teams are paying them as a big name free agent like uh how old is Yannick Ngakwe I'm pretty sure he's around that age so very few guys especially well really at any position outside of punter kicker or long snapper can make it past 30 I mean quarterbacks yeah they're usually if they're good they can usually hang around for a while until 35 36 37 and still perform well like it Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys. So you've got that set of guys, but all those are also like some all-time talents, probably top 50 quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that I just rattled off. So you've got the quarterback position, but outside of that and those other quote-unquote positions that I mentioned you really don't have that many guys performing past the age of 30. 30 is kind of like that age of like retirement. It's 65 for regular jobs. 30 is it. If you make it to 30 like Luke Keekley did, I think, um, and some other players, that's usually when you're getting your overpay contract or teams are thinking about retiring you from the NFL. Or you're probably thinking about retirement. I mean... At that point, you've played football for about, for some of these guys, like 24, 25 years of just over and over and over, hit after hit after hit, micro concussion after micro concussion. I'm not sure what the medical term is, so please don't quote me on that. But you just have so many guys who have been through so much, 
I don't know if there is a correlation between guys who started football later in life and guys who are retiring early, but I would imagine that there's probably not much of a correlation because I feel like all the guys retire around the same age. But yeah, maybe you'll have someone like Khalil Mack, who he's a good example. He outplayed his rookie contract. He got his big contract. And then after that, he was still good, but he wasn't worth the money that he was getting paid. I'm sorry. It's just, he just wasn't. And people want Danielle Hunter right now and want to trade assets. I don't know that that is the move at the moment. I mean, that brings me to my next point about Brian Burns in that with our lack of depth, we have handcuffed ourselves to Brian Burns, which again is fine. It's not a bad thing to handcuff yourself to someone that you has been performing for you and has done well. It's like people, that analogy of with marriage of like marriage seems a whole lot like leaving the party early and going to bed or whatever that analogy is. It's like, yeah, but you're leaving with the person that you want to be with. You'd rather be with that person than anyone else in that party. And that's the person you were going to hang out with at the party anyway. That's how I feel about Brian Burns. It's like, why not pay him? Why not better selves with him? Like, if I was Scott Fitter, at this point, I've mentioned this before, he's kind of bet his job on a few different players, a few different positions, and Brian Burns is one of those. He has bet his job on Brian Burns. He did that the second he declined two first-round picks for him. And I'm pretty sure there was a second-round pick thrown in there as well. But that's that's immediately what happened. Once he declined that, he said, Brian, with his actions, he said, Brian, you are going to either save my job or make my job. You're going to be worth 33% of what happens to me. So Brian Burns is going to impact up to 30% of the decision for Scott Fitterer. And I think the other 70%, probably 30% goes on his move up for quarterback. And then I think the other 40% is a collection of various things. Um, I don't want to belabor the point, but cornerback depth is going to be one of the pieces that Scott Fitter, it's going to be make or break for him. Um, That's going to be one. Um, I think that the wide receiver core is going to be one in his decision to go with Adam Thielen and to draft Jonathan Mingo in the second round. That is going to be a major turning point for Scott Fitter. I think that's going to define him. And um, yeah, I think those are some of the major pieces. And then you've got all the other minor things that have happened. Robbie Anderson trading CMC is is a big one for him and getting those picks. And those were also used in order to trade up. And then also trading DJ Moore. So all of those moves, as well as some others, those moves that I mentioned, probably like 80% of it. And then 20% is the other stuff. And as far as resigns go, I have agreed with the things that Fitter has done. DJ Moore's contract was great. I think it fit him very well. Um, I don't think it was necessarily... Uh, I've called it team-friendly in the past. I don't know that that's necessarily the right context or the right vocabulary to use for that. I think it's a equal contract. I think both the team and the player are getting paid or paying what they should be for that contract. I think DJ Moore has produced like a top five to seven receiver. 
I think in actuality, he is a top 15 to 17 receiver in the NFL. Um, and I'm okay with saying that. Um, and he was being paid like one. I don't know what he was being paid in comparison to all of his peers. I don't know what where his contract ranks in the NFL. But I do agree with the amount that he was getting paid for his production with the quarterback play that he had. Uh, but I'm not. that's not the reason for this podcast. But just something to think about. But um, yeah, I've agreed with that. Uh, I don't know if I agreed with every single move that Scott Fitter has made, but the re-signings that he has made I've agreed with. So I'm sure I'll agree with Brian Burns' contract, and I'm sure I'll agree with Derek Brown's contract. But that is basically the move that he has tied himself to, which is fine, again. And the second that they... My next point that I was trying to get to five minutes ago... The point that I'm making is that Scott Fitter has basically tied himself to the fact that he has no depth on the other side of the ball, where the other edge rusher, the other defensive end, he doesn't have that depth there. So Brian Burns is really our only major edge, and you kind of see that in the way Scott Avira Avera talks about our depth. You hear that and you say, you know, he even said specifically, we've got Mr. Burns and a bunch of other guys fighting tooth and nail or what exactly he said, whatever exactly he said. So I think that it's important to remember that we've basically told Brian Burns, we are not going to trade you for two first round picks. And I, th- I think an additional second round pick, if I remember correctly, we are not going to get any more depth during the draft. In we didn't get any this year. I mean, DJ Johnson is a total question mark. That is not a, maybe it's a depth piece, maybe it's not, but you don't bet your future on that. So you've got that. And then you've got, what was it? The previous draft or previous drafts, we've taken Uter Gross Matos, however you say his name, I'm sorry. And I don't remember much else. In terms of significant value, we've taken around the edge or linebacker positions, uh, Brandon Smith maybe, but he's not really going to be a rusher. So you've got these guys, Barno, but he was like in, I think, the sixth round. So you've basically said, we're not investing any major draft capital. We have not made any major trades for edge position. We have not added any depth to this position, and we did not trade you for two first round picks here is all the leverage brian burns meet leverage because you've got it he's got all the leverage now by all accounts he mentioned that he wants to stay in carolina he mentioned that he loves it here he likes bryce young he said he was humble with a bit of i'm the s-h-i-t so he seems to i think he likes the moves that we've made and I think it's a little bit easier for him to enjoy being a Panther at this point. And also think about what Brian Burns has been through with us before. He's been through a lot. <laughs> the Panthers have been pretty bad during his tenure here. And ever since we've drafted him, we've been bad. Pretty much. And then the whole Matt Rule escapade, whatever you want, debacle. He's been through that. And then basically all of these things he's been through and he still wants to be a panther at this point it's like pay the man what he wants 
he loves us. He's great. He's got production. Um, I will say last year was the first time that he had double-digit sacks, but was last year not the first time that we had a 17-game season as well? So, something to think about. I don't know who the 17th team was. I mean, obviously you have, like, the 17th game, but we would have played the Saints twice anyway. The 16th game, we would have played the Bucks twice anyway. I don't know who the 17th team was that we played or what his stats were and if he would have been able to get 17. But then again, he was hurt the last game, so he did only play... 16 so what the heck am I talking about so yeah he had his first legit (laughs) double digit sack game or double digit sack season last year so that was a breakthrough for him you have you want to compare someone like Bradley Chubb he I don't know that he has had a double digit sack season yet and if he has it was not anytime recently so you keep comparing yourself to other guys at the position who have been paid that is an example of somebody at the position who's been paid who is probably being brought up directly by Brian Burns' agent. What I hope we do not do is the franchise tag. I also think the franchise tag shouldn't even be allowed in the NFL. That is so messed up. It's like, oh, you, we can't decide on a contract? Oh, guess what? We just did. No say. You do only get to use it once during the season, but it still seems totally messed up to me. That the team can just be like, hey, we're going to control you for, let's see, eight years. And you're not going to be able to do a dang thing about it. We're going to be able to do four years. Pick up your fifth year option, whether you want us to or not. Franchise tag you for a sixth year, a seventh year, and an eighth year. We control you for eight years if we want. And what's the average NFL career? Oh, that's right. Like four years. So the teams have complete control over players when it comes to the franchise tag. I think it is shady. I think it's it should be illegal. I don't even know how that is possible. Could you imagine if you were at a job and they were like, hey, your contract runs for four years and we're going to pick up your fifth year option. And then you work that year and you're like, okay, I'm going to go find a new job. And they're like, nope, we want a franchise tag you. Totally, totally weird to me. That's why I'm with Lamar Jackson all the way. Um, Maybe I don't agree with his methods. Maybe I don't agree with him not having an agent. Maybe I do. I don't know. But the NFL teams have got so much power that I'm not going to pick the owners over the players ever. I used to love the movie The Replacements, if you've ever seen that. It's got Keanu Reeves. It's about the lockout from, when was the NFL lockout? 83, 87? Somewhere around there. It's not directly for that because they couldn't be because the NFL wouldn't let them, but for obvious reasons. But basically the premise of the movie is that the players are spoiled brats and they want to get paid more money. And everyone's like, how can you want more money? You're already millionaires. And as a kid, I was like, heck yeah, go players, get your, or no, not go players, I'm sorry, go replacement players who, because they replace the team who is sitting out because they want more money, all the players sitting out. Some teams bought players, others signed players who weren't that good, who couldn't make it in the NFL. And you're rooting for this Keanu Reeves team and you hate the players because even one of them says, like, do you know how much insurance is on a Ferrari or something like that? And you're like, wow, these guys suck. But in reality, it's 
and this is the same thing for the NCAA. There are owners and executives and people high up who are making a lot of money off of these players. And yes, the players are making millions of dollars. No doubt about that. Someone like Patrick Mahomes, what, $50 million a year? Okay. Now, I don't know off the top of my head, but I bet if I looked, what is the worth of the Chiefs now since Pat Mahomes has been there? Has it been elevated more than that? How much are ticket prices? How much money are they making? Even nosebleeds at the Panther Stadium, and they've only had a winning season. What was the last winning season they even had? 2017? So it's been, at the very least, six years. They haven't been to the playoffs since in, what, seven seasons, eight seasons? And ticket prices in the nosebleeds are still $50 plus convenience fees and processing handling. The owners have all the power. So I do not fault any player for trying to get paid. I do not fault any player for sitting out for trying to get their money. This is a free country. I don't know why people have such strong opinions on other people's situations when it's none of their business. Someone like Saquon Barkley, Le'Veon Bell, Austin Eckler. I don't blame any of those guys for sitting out, especially running backs. They should try to get their money while they can get their money. Brian Burns, I will not fault him if he is fighting tooth and nail for every dollar that he can get. Because these will be the last dollars that he ever makes in his entire life. And yes, he has plenty of money to live off of. As he should. Look at the overall product of the NFL. Look how much money the NFL makes. Billions. Billions every year. Look how much money the owners have and the owners make. And I don't fault the owners either. But you can't fault the players or the owners. If you want to fault the owners for other things, you want to fault the NFL for other things, you can do that. But I do not fault somebody for trying to make money off of a product that they own. If I owned a business and that business was thriving, why would you have anything to say about it? If you owned a business and that business was thriving and you were making money off of it, why would I have anything to say about that? Now, the NFL does have a total monopoly over the product. That's the part that I have issue with in that the NFL has the ability to say and do whatever they want because they are so big. They've been able to do that for a while. And they've just, it's always been a thing, but they've really just been giving a middle finger to fans in the stands. They only care about TV money. And, you know, I, I just bought a brand new TV. I'm thinking maybe I don't even go to a game this year if it's going to be that dang expensive. If they're also in bed with Ticketmaster, who I hate, who is in a monopoly with Live, is it Live Nation, I think? I think it is. And... Basically, they just, oh, it's a $50 ticket. Actually, it's a $75 ticket. It's a 50% increase with all these fees and all this BS that they institute. And they you can only get NFL tickets on Ticketmaster unless it's resale. And then you can get them somewhere else or you can get them on Ticketmaster too, which is crazy. And they put it in certified resale. Like, what does that even mean? So, yeah, that's crazy. And... And then you have all of this other stuff that the NFL is able to cover up or just move past for better or for worse. And they pretty much control whatever they want to control and do whatever they want to do and really control the entire narrative. So 
I do not have any sympathy for the owners of the NFL, um, but I'm not necessarily angry at them either. They've made an investment in something that's making them a lot of money. So I just ask that they put a good product out on the field, and I can't fault them for trying to get the most out of their product. And I cannot fault the players for trying to get the most out of their contract. So if Brian Burns gets into a contract dispute, I really don't, I'm not going to take the side of the Panthers or Brian Burns. I see both sides of it. If Brian Burns comes out with some ridiculous number he wants, like $30 million a year, and the Panthers balk at it, I'm not going to blame him. I think we should pay Brian Burns. I think we should keep him on the team, but I'm not a whatever-it-takes kind of person. You don't want to mortgage your entire future for one guy unless that guy plays the quarterback position. So it will be very interesting to see how these contract talks go. But I'm not going to be taking sides during this dispute unless something is just absolutely egregious. And fans shouldn't either. It's a business. Both of these parties are in a business. It's one way or another. It's going to Someone's going to get paid a lot of money. And they're all going to be making money. So I just want the Panthers to have a good product and not get handcuffed by cap. We're finally starting to clear off all this dead cap, all these Nicholas Batums of the NFL um, that we're able to get rid of. And, um, you know, you just, you're okay with what we have on the books now. I just don't want to handcuff ourselves for the future with someone like a Robbie Anderson type of move again. And I think that our options are very open at this point. And I think that Brian Burns is going to get paid what he's supposed to get paid. I don't think it's going to be an issue. All of this stuff that I'm talking about probably will never even come to pass. And if it does, we will never hear about it. Brian Burns is at mandatory minicamp right now. He seems happy. And I think by the time we get to actual training camp, he will be paid. He will have a contract and we'll be good. Because think about all the cap space we have next year. And again, rookie quarterback. And who else are we paying, really? Who are our prime positions? Derek Brown? Yeah, we'll probably talk about his contract next year but that's really about it jc horn it's gonna be a year or two he's coming to his third season um trying to think yeah no 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 one i can think of that's gonna get a huge payday here anytime soon and you know that's that's a good thing we we have some players who are getting paid what they're worth. We don't have any major overpays at this point. Robbie Anderson was probably an overpay. Christian McCaffrey, even though he was probably the best running back in the NFL, was probably an overpay to pay that much money at that position. You think about the last, look at the last like 10 Super Bowl winners and look how much money they had invested in the running back position. It's just not a position that is really needed that much. You look at the Chiefs, or the Rams, um, those are the ones that are coming to recent memory. Um, what the Eagles? I think they even had a rookie running back. And how many of those running backs were rookies? You know, I think that there's not much precedent for running backs to get paid right now. So, yeah, Christian McCaffrey was probably an overpay at this point. Uh, but also look at those teams; they all had good edge rushers or pass rushers at least, Aaron Donald, um, Leonard Floyd was on the Rams, I think, um, Chris Jones for the Chiefs, um, so you 
had good defenses, you had good edge rushers, and you had usually good quarterback play. Outside of the Eagles with Nick Foles, who he was still playing it like a good quarterback, but I'm just talking about generally good quarterbacks that are ranked in the top 10. You had good quarterbacks all around. So you need good quarterbacks and you need pressure on the quarterback and able to win the Super Bowl. So all that to say, I think that we are putting money in the places where we would want money. We're paying the guys who we'd want to pay and we are set up in a way that allows us to do that. We're not handcuffed by the future or any past deals that we've made, which sets us up for success moving forward in this new era of the NFL. It's been this way for a while now, and the Panthers are finally catching up. And man, I know I've said this before, but I love hearing from our coaches. They actually know what they're talking about. There's actually a plan in place. Bryce Young is already running with the ones. Frank Reich is a former quarterback, knows what he's talking about. Josh McCown, former quarterback, knows what he's talking about. It's just great to hear all these guys talk and me not roll my eyes or sigh because it's just coach speak, coach speak, coach speak. And, you know, it's just it's just good to hear from them. That's all. And I love hearing from the players as well. Um, it's going to be a while before we do that. I keep repeating myself, but, yeah, just enjoy it. Um, also, Blueprint should come out. I think Blueprint is going to come out next week is my guess since there's nothing going on. And then maybe another episode the week after and another one maybe two weeks later or something like that. So just to kind of fill the time between now and training camp, I think it's going to be a really great product and I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be so awesome to see. I'm super excited. So thanks so much for listening, y'all. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you later. See ya.